Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. So Logan, back at it. Fantasy Gaming League starting to cook. Had a few weeks off. After an onslaught of about 15 weeks in a row of various games coming out, mm. it almost felt like the season was winding down, but then we've been hit with this hat-trick of games that have been released and reviewed that are sitting here in this Fantasy Gaming League, so we will endeavour to go through those scores in just a moment. Um, I wanted to ask you off the bat, though. We had yeah. historically gone through some quick reviews from the Open Critic people getting the mm-hmm. opinions of the media who contribute to the the scores, basically. They're the ones that decide it. It's an aggregated mm-hmm. score. Do we want to continue doing that? Yeah, free content, isn't it? Free content, indeed. So We get to share the opinions of those that haven't consented but have still given it and put the time into them, that game without doing anything other than reading. So it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I, tend, I tend to agree. In any case, let's kick things off of Oxen Free 2, Lost Signals. So obviously a, a sequel. I haven't actually played the original Oxen Free. And I've been no, mean, me neither. I've been meaning to, but never have gone mm. round to it. And I'm uh, just checking my notes to make sure what I say is not complete bollocks. It is a Salmon game. So Ogsworth, Dave Salmon, subbing this in, I believe. So sitting on a 78... Obviously falling probably below the standards that are required. But I was expecting this to be a tad higher, if I'm honest, just because there's there's people like the original. Um, and I believe this is one of the games, or one of the developers, I should say, that Netflix bought and have been working with to bring uh, the titles to the Netflix platform. But they've also dumped it on... Uh, the other, you know, usual sort of gaming platform. So, yeah, oh, an 81 for the original. So, uh, in terms of fantasy gaming, that's not a not a blowaway success, is it? But it's not a disaster either. No, I mean, if it's in your in your in your team, then you take it. But it's shrug that, your shoulders and move penalties. on. Well, yeah, but it's those penalties. Yeah, like basically, you're on a net 73. Yep. It's, you have to classify it as a blow. Oh, Sam won't be pleased to hear that. Anyway, let's get some let's get some opinions in. We got Jody McGregor from PC Gamer. Oxenfree is a more mature second run at the walk and talk formula. That's it. Eighty five out of a hundred. So, not offering great details in the blurb. Again, this is. I assume some sort of AI or algorithm that picks out these quotes, because if someone's manually sat there and pulled that out of the review, there can't have been much else. They can't have been, could they? So it must be automatic <laughs> in some ways. I can't imagine someone's sitting there plucking these quotes out. Probably the last... Quote generator. Well, I'd imagine... I don't know how you'd set the parameters up, but to freeze, you'd think, well, they're going to recap their thoughts at the end, so perhaps the last 250 words or last paragraph, maybe that's how it's it's set up. <laughs> There's no good. There's no good email in Open Critic to ask because they never bloody respond. Mm. Like Hall, Hall was hounding them about 
getting a new... I see. Well, because he had Persona 4 Golden at the start of the year and he wanted them to add that as a new page so he could get the score. Because what yeah. they did is they just inserted all the scores into the existing page so he couldn't have it. Mm. And he hounded them for oh, days he got and weeks. Did he? Yeah, he didn't, obviously didn't re- respond or, <laughs> or carry out his request. Anyway, we've got Metro Game Central next. Nick Gillett. So they've named and shamed this particular individual. Usually they keep it close to their chest and just say it's this rogue website making up its own reviews. Mm. This slightly spooky sequel continues its tale of real people in strange situations, picking up the story and characters of Oxenfree and retaining its style and puzzle-adjacent gameplay. 7 out of 10. So that all those consistently will drag the scores down. Based on what you've heard, interested or not? No. I'm just going to check whilst we're on air, actually, because I think this is on Netflix, like the, the mobile app. You could go off and play it, I believe. I could be wrong, because the original's on there now. I've never sat down and played a game on there, I must say, but it's clearly something they're, they're trying to, to do. I don't... Uh, uh, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, it says yeah, available it? on PS5, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, PC. Why is Open Creek not saying Netflix? It's in the Netflix app. You can see it here. Interesting. Recently released. Well, it's not number one in the recently released, so for their own studio, you mm. think you'd put that first. But too hot to handle. Yeah, too hot to handle is top. Would you try that? I mean, too, I gather too, you would. Too hot, to, too hot to handle. Well, I mean, you've got to be careful and what that might be. Sonic Prime Dash. That's the other one that's ahead of it. And then you get Oxenfree 2. Would I, I try? So would I try this like Netflix? Cloud, Netflixy streaming, gaming streaming stuff. To be honest, I was thinking of playing the original Oxenfree through it, just mm. just as an experiment. But then I was like, this is probably objectively one of the worst ways to play the game, considering it's <laughs> available on all other platforms. Say. And it's kind of like, then again, what, what do you lose? You lose a bit of... Yeah, I just, as I've said before, I just find it's uncomfortable looking at screens that are in my hand all day. Yeah. It does me neck in. So it's why mm. I have to stand up, as, we, as some of the visual viewers yeah. will see. I'm standing up because... These postures get blown away. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe I will because it's, I agree with it's, you though. it's all like, bundled would, into the Netflix subscription. Of, why would um, you play it over if it was say on an Xbox Live, Xbox Live, Xbox Game Pass? Say mm. that for example over a net. Like you're always going to do that on Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. why would you then? This is what concerns me when some of these things branch out. And we're diver- we're diversifying immediately on the podcast, but. Mm. Like, what are you adding? Like, yeah. Like, if you're going to diversify, if your your bread and butter is films and TV series, what are you going to add by game streaming? Like, it's, arguably, it, you add additional content, but if you're branching out, like Amazon going to do food shopping, what are you adding? We've already got convenience. Yeah, but we've already got all of this. Yeah, so, but you got Arcado trying to get a stranglehold on it. Charging but what silly I'm saying money. is, is you're, you're you're trying to penetrate a market that's already penetrated. They can't. Like, they just can't sit on their hands. These companies, can they? They. Li- this is the thing, they're though. They're all like, growing they can't arms and legs. Sit in no. their in their swim lane, like. And I'm all for experimentation. If you think you can do something differently or better, mm. but if you can't objectively do something different and better, why bother? Why plow fucking capital into it and spend time and effort on it? It really pisses me off. Such yeah. a waste. Well, it's because they make too much money as it is, so it's of no consequence. Well, if, if it, it, if it, it been... go, well, we either 
sp- give it in tax or we spend it reinvesting. So what do we do? And then they come up with some load of old bollocks that doesn't work. And they like, go, oh, well, that bloody inflation's eroding it our capital. Let's just get rid of it and invest it somewhere, get it off the books. Or it's just going to float away. Fucking, it really is bizarre. But anyway, I ain't running one of these companies. So. Netflix is a bit of an odd one in itself. I think you can play these games on the TV somehow. I mean, they, they had the Minecraft story mode version mm. of it in the main Netflix offering at some point. And I never, yeah, I watched, I watched one of the nieces or the nephews put it on, and it was just like you just choose on the controller basically the, some of the choices. But yeah, it's a strange one. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and say this is going to take over the world of gaming, but it's a real hodgepodge as well because a lot of these games I'm looking at, look, I mean, too hot to handle simulation game, it claims. It's, that clearly to me seems like traditional mobile game. Yeah. But then you've got something like Oxenfree because they bought the studio, they they purchased this studio. They mm. um, that's more of a it's not even a traditional game because it's really not. It's more of a narrative game, but it's it's not a mobile built game with yeah, yeah. you know how how those sometimes are structured. So who knows? Anyway, it's sitting on a seventy eight for Salmon, which is gonna probably a bit of a mixed response for him. Pikmin fours up next. So this is actually in your Grand Prix team. Another sterling effort, it seems, sitting on an eighty eight as we record this um first of all score wise pretty good for you again it's another high <laughs> 80s game you've only got two remaining which is mortal Kombat one and then the trusty football manager which always scrapes an 80 and it's either mm. low to mid usually or sometimes a higher again looking pretty average of 88 692 parky's average 79 but he has only got four games out Confidence must be high. We're over halfway through the season now, and you're almost in feet-up territory. I mean, you want to get there, didn't you? <laughs> it feels like both of those games should be 80-pluses. Yeah. Like, you, you, if, if you know, Football Manager might have an off year, but they've done that thing, haven't they, where the women's thing's now included, so that will get a buff from the fans. <laughs> They'll love that. Um, We're going to revisit so, that later if we don't run out of time. Yeah. Got, got an update. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's been it's gone better than anticipated. Is probably how I'd phrase it. And I looked at the lineup at the start, and you know, Homeworld was a blow, and then um, what's it? Uh, Suicide Squad was a blow. But those yeah. were the only two ones. I think what we subbed it in for have been solid and have looked solid. And yeah, <clears throat> I think it's gone reasonably well. Yeah, that's a that's a good score. And Pikmin Four looks kind of interesting from what I've seen. This get. A, yeah, a critical, yeah. <laughs> a critical response. We've got Jade Griffin from IGN. Pikmin Four adds variety to the series' traditional gameplay by offering options other than grab and throw formula of the past, and brings an extra helping of top tier levels after the credits roll. So there's an end game there. Now, is that a spoiler for some people? I don't know. <laughs> Giving away end game. And again, every game's got end game these days. Mm. Nothing ends on the credits, does it? It's always like it's always like back you go. What yeah. do you mean, like, what do you mean back you go? Two hundred hours. You go what? Well, yeah. uh, got a nine out of ten. So that's yeah. pretty good. Let's return to Metro Game Central. This time it is just Game Central. So this AI that they've built that's reviewing games on their behalf is is, is giving its opinion here. <laughs> Nintendo successfully reinvents Pikmin as a Stardew Valley style cozy game. That's both much bigger and much more approachable than ever before. Eight out of ten. So solid scores. Now we know that Switch isn't really getting picked up by people. We even had Adcock in the Dimp group saying, I ain't picking up that Switch until Mario 
think you said 3D Mario arrives. Nothing more, nothing mm. less. Are you still... I mean, you've got a 2D Mario coming later, so the dust-off could happen yeah. there. But do these positive reviews for Pikmin give you a little bit of a second thought to maybe just dive in? Because I've always liked mm. the idea of Pikmin, but because it's been on systems I've not owned, I've never dived in. And now we've got a back catalogue of mm. one, two, three, and now four. Yeah. Um, maybe one day, if I clear my plate, there's a chance. Well, there is a chance. You're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I I played a game a little while ago called Tinykin, um, mm. which is yes. kind of, I've heard a bit of a a Pikmin ripoff in some ways. Pikmin light. Yeah, but I I liked that. But I also liked that light element of it, right? So I liked right. this yeah. kind of stripped down, simplistic feet up palette cleanser that I played. Um I don't. I mean, the scores on this are clearly like resoundingly positive, and it seems like one of those easy games when you just want to sit down and not get stressed out for an hour or two in the evening. It might might tick a box, um, but it's it's always that same thing for me with the Switch. It's like, do I sit downstairs with it in handheld mode, or do I sit upstairs mm. with it docked? Yeah. And neither are ideal, and that's yeah. where I always end up getting snarled up with these. Yeah, don't a, know where where on how to play it. Um, it is a tricky one. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you're never going to run out of games to play these days. No, it really, it really is ridiculous, actually, how much stuff comes out. And perhaps it's all not at top tier AAA level, but in terms mm. of even stuff that's a, a level below that, and then obviously in the indie space, it's just yeah, there's a lot. You, they could stop making games today, I think, and you could. <laughs> for a number of years perhaps a few decades rifle through some good games that you probably thought oh, I wouldn't mind trying that but I just don't have the time or it's just not as yeah not going to win out on the priority rankings and, and get to the top of that menu so these decisions unfortunately have to be made regardless of quality mm. of the game yeah I mean it I mean I I think it's one of those I, unless I get some weird desire out of nowhere to play it mm. I might keep an eye on that Switch store and see when it sort of comes down to some sort of acceptable price and, and jump into it because I, I inevitably will like it. Like, I don't think yeah. I doubt that. Um, I'm also trying to think if I've got sort of like a holiday coming up where I might be spending some time in a barn or whatever it is, like in a B&B. <laughs> and, um, I might, you know, it's the sort of game that I could take on holiday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But I think, you know, the score... It's definitely higher than I I thought it would be. I mean, you you hope for those sort of things, but very rarely do they they come along. No, and another good to great score for Nintendo. I mean, we gave him their mid year review a few episodes mm. back, and setting off in the second half with the same sort of pace and cadence yeah. and a it's an ideal like... Switch game. Oh like, yeah, it, you know, it's it, you can see why they. But I don't think I might be the highest scoring one. Like I don't think I've gone back and saw 88s lurking for, for Pikmin in the research before it was picked. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, they're quite um, old, the earlier ones, especially like going back to the N64, so there won't be any open critic sort of stuff lurking. I'm not even sure if Metacritic was tracking... Well, it would have been, but... They must have re-released system. Pikmin 2 at some point. That's on an 80. Yeah. I think the, I think this probably is the highest scoring one, to be honest. I think the, the, the even the remaster they did of 3 didn't do... Yeah. high 80 so yeah, it's yeah. there for people and interesting people can uh can jump into that nintendo continuing to have a great year and it 
the slate they've kind of shown us for the rest of the year looks pretty good as well. So laughing if you're into all that. Remnant 2 is up next. This is a Salmon Grand Prix pick. Claims it's a Souls-like. So there's always a concern when those sort of games get levied out. Anyway, sitting on an 81 on Open Critic, which is, in, is no disgrace, but mm. probably want to get to the 85s where possible. Travis Northcutt from IGN. Ty Guy Travis. Yeah? Where Remnant from the Ashes was a strong first draft, so I'm assuming that's the first game, Remnant 2 is a revolutionary sequel and a sterling manifesto for the looter-shooter Souls-like. I mean, I didn't know there was a manifesto out for looter-shooter Souls-like, if I'm honest. Tick it all. Tick, that's a, tick, tick. That, that's a new one for me. That people Boring were, story, tick. People were pulling together all sorts of <laughs> bits and pieces for that sort of... Uh, category but that's got himself a 9 out of 10 from IGN so he's obviously loving it game spot next Richard Wakeling Remnant 2 builds on its predecessor to create a rewarding and unpredictable experience that's difficult to put down 7 out of 10 not sure that description matches the score Richard but again probably not your fault because Open Critic decides what's pulled out but just got onto these reviews yeah and I've just seen the second one down from Polygon yeah. Are you going to go on to that? No, I'm not going. You can do it. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Read it out. So Ian Walker at Polygon, top Christ. critic, has, has given it an unscored. I'm they don't the score post- things. Oh, okay, right. That's why it is. Yeah. Um, but it just made me laugh. It said, I'm over the post-apocalypse. <laughs> it's going to take one hell of a game to get me interested in such a bleak setting for the foreseeable future. Remnant 2 is not that game. Fuck it me. just... It just made me laugh when I saw it because I was like, Ian's just done with it. He's, he's, like, he's sick oh, of it. Sick of these. And it, it, it's a fair point, right? Because it's such a <laughs> common setting for a lot of games, whether it's zombie, whether it's this, that or the other. Hmm. Like this post-apocalyptic setting has become a real norm. And I don't know what he means. You just get a bit like, for God's sake, do something different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a tricky one. But useful setting to have in a game because you can just have a sparse world and not do what you like with it as well yeah Uh, you you know you can make up your own story but I I do sort of know what he means it just made me laugh because I was like the first thing I saw was I'm over the post apocalypse I was thinking I'm right with you Ian I'm right with you I mean it's not my bread and butter anyway but gone in terms of a Grand Prix that leaves Biff's still on top because he's got nine games out no one else has got nine games out Salmon's next, he's got eight games out. He's 76 points off the pace. Paper's next with seven games out. He's 169 points off the pace. Hall and Adcock sitting there very closely with five games apiece each. 3-2-7 and 3-3-2, respectively. Adkin's still bottom, uh, but he's only got two games out. And his average is 92. Salmon's got the next highest average with 80. So if things track as to how they're performing... And the mm. others who have got seven and eight and nine games can't do much to change their average. It's going to be less, pretty much locked in. Um, Atkins is the danger man, I foresee there. They can kind of mm. ramp up in this second half. Now look at some of his games he's got in there. Baldur's Gate 3, that's now been signed off as, as approved because the page has been taken down off Open Creek, so that'd be a fresh slate. That's going to be 90s, I can almost assure you that. Spider-Man 2, that's above 85 unless something goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, Forts of Motorsport, that's yeah. that's probably going to be in the 80s. Tekken 8, I'd suggest high 80s. Has got some perhaps banana skins there. Lords of the Fallen, Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, The Day Before. Um, 
Mortal Kombat One has been lurking for years. Yeah, and that's the that's the team that was in Ukraine. So once that all kicked off, it just mm. got it must have just blown them to pieces. Not literally, wrong term to use, but it's really ruined their their processes. That was Didn't laugh. Purpose. Yeah, well, I really... maybe that was a, that's... a faux pas. That one. Yeah. Anyway, this is Idle Game Chat. Deep Digital's flagship video game podcast. That's all we do about this. No, you just carry I can't on. Can't believe yeah. that. What do you do? Like, if, if, I mean, I could stop and, re- and edit that out, but I mean, I always oh, think no. those poor bastards on air when they get tangled up in things. It's like they're just sitting there. It's then captured on Twitter forever, and they're immortalised as a moron. And it's like, well, oh, no. they've probably it's been the sitting there. Is- they've done hundreds of hours of broadcasting, and one mistake. Oh, no. is they, is that's it. Career for. ruined. Yeah. It just makes me laugh because for you, that's such a generic standard. Term. I know, yeah. It's just yeah. literally because it is. It's caught you out right at the wrong time. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's so unfortunate. It's cost anyway. them. Should have used that Welcome one. to Dim Digital. This is how it rolls. Anyway, patreon.com forward slash Dim Digital is where you can go to put your hands in pockets to support the podcast. It is grassroots. It is independent. And it is a load of babble. Anyway, let's transition into some can I just yes. raise one thing before we get on with the agenda mm. that I want to, and I don't know if it's actually on the agenda because I haven't seen it, but I don't want to labour the point, but reviews for Exoprimal are out. <laughs> right, I, was, I thought about it, but... I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to acknowledge it because yes. you and I, I think, discussed this some time ago and went, mm, what are you doing? I mean, and it looks very. I mean, to say it looked mid would have been generous, right? The fact that it ended up on Game Pass is now a mm. signal for some of these third-party games that they they know that ain't going to be great. Mm. But Phil's offered, Phil said, "I'll cut you a check," and they're like, "Of course, yeah," because that's not going to fucking sell at retail. It's got sixty-eight on Open Critic, so it's not not great at all. And it's on Game Pass, so people can try it with little or no risk, other than flushing their time away. But yeah, it was, and I think actually I was complaining about Phil. Taking my money, which I see it as I'm like a shareholder in this Game Pass journey, mm. and he's yeah. handing it out to any old shit sometimes, and it annoys me that yeah. he flushes my cash away on this. Yeah, but. it does. We discussed a little while ago, right, about how the comeback of Capcom. Yes, yeah. Right, and I think we did highlight this one at the time as, as potential the, the what you're doing, and I think mm. we said they're just giving it to someone to scratch an itch in the studio or something. But I played a little a vanity bit project. Of, oh, you've played yeah. it. <laughs> Well, I played a little bit of the uh, beta oh, okay. just to see whether it looked and was as bad as <laughs> what you thought as, it might be. As what, and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Like it really was was not particularly engaging at all. Um, and it does just make you wonder, doesn't it, when they're doing this sort of stuff? I mean, twenty seven percent of critics recommend as well. Like it's really, mm. really not great for them. Like what what are we doing? Like you know. This is what annoys me, you know, and it has to be said, like a sixty-eight isn't isn't like down in the bins, like, mm. but it's also it's it's mid, it's so mid, and I think that's generous as well to them, by the way. Yeah. Um, I just thought those reviews are out, and I just thought it was interesting for us to just quickly touch upon it and say what you're doing and justify it. I mean, it's a game that we both sort of went, oh, could be, could be interesting yeah. in the same way that we thought. Um, Oh god, I've absolutely erased it from my mind now. Xbox Game Pass flop. There's, lo- there's loads of them. I've, I could yeah. literally write up. Uh, literally the biggest stage. flop of the year that Phil Red come Fall. out and went. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So I think it's similarly in the way that we sort of looked at Redfall and went, "Oh, could be interesting." Yeah, and just listen. Like this was a little bit like that. If it does, if it's if it surprises us, 
Could be interesting, but unfortunately, it's another one that falls by the wayside. Yeah, it's a shame. And Capcom haven't been putting out crap recently, and but you can no. just—I don't know—just the first time I saw it, I thought, "What is that?" Yeah, and um, it's so banal as well. By the way, like, it's just so <laughs> like not a game. There's no complexity, like no, really, just... in my view. It's so like mind-numbingly just shoot a load of. It's just a horde game at its heart, and yeah. it's like with dinosaurs that appear through portals. Like you know, when you just go what. What are we doing? We couldn't contextualise the dinosaurs. They just come through a portal instead. Well, it's like framed in some sort of AI training simulation. There's so many weird layers to it as well. It's it's literally just like, what are we doing here? I'm telling you, someone who'd done a good job two years ago sat there and went, I want to do this. And they went, all right, off you go. And just to keep them quiet, I reckon. Strange. That's what's come out of it. I just quickly wanted to touch on that um, and acknowledge it's just flopped a little bit with the critics as well you can always tell it doesn't look interesting because none of these morons put it in their team because they get tricked several times a year usually these these fantasy game release <laughs> scrubs they're normally always struggling always fall down a few traps but even this one they were smart mm. enough not to fall down so I'm surprised because it's easy to go Capcom um, yeah. like take it but yeah you're right no, no one's even even gone anywhere near it no one's bitten at it European Video game sales for June. Yep. Chrissy Dream back in action. 15.5 million games were sold across the continent last month. Good Lord. Okay. 5 million games were sold by a, via physical retail. <laughs> the remaining 10.5 via digital download stores. It's a 20% improvement year over year. So if you compare June of 2022 to 2023, uh, driven by a number of major new releases. This is Dring's commentary, not mine. Diablo 4 was comfortably the best-selling game of the month, and it's the second fastest-selling game of the year behind Hogwarts Legacy. Zelda is the third fastest-selling, but is missing mm. its digital download data, so I would You'd expect that to be top, wouldn't top you? Or, what, yeah, yeah, I think that's easy. It's, it's safe to say that. So it's possible that Diablo 4 is, in, in reality, number three in terms. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. They've, they've made a shitload of money. Uh, 66% of the sales for Diablo were on PC, 21% on PS5, and just under 9% on the Xbox Series consoles. The remaining 4% was on PS4. So we're seeing this... I mean, there's no Xbox One data there, but <clears throat> maybe no one bought it on that. But we are seeing that, despite there being far less PS5s in circulation, that people are more active in the spending market for new stuff if you've got a PS5 and that the people on the PS4 are slowing down a bit. Not surprised at the PC split there, 66%. That's a massive dominant kind of platform there, but that's how I kind of always expected it to go. Mm. Um, Second place for the month was Final Fantasy 16. 24% down when compared against 2020's Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So that's interesting, but again, well, is it? You know, maybe this is just making excuses for him. But was on the <laughs> was on the PS4 at the Final Fantasy VII remake, so the install base was higher, and we didn't have the PS5s out. And this is a PS5 only game, so mm. that that could be it, or it could be seventy UK pans and seventy fucking euros stinging people, and they're going, "I'm not doing that." Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Also, they, it does cite here, Christy Dream again. This is his commentary. Uh, that game was released just after the start of COVID and the lockdown started. So there is a presumption that at that point, people just went out and bought 
entertainment and more sort of things like that. It kind mm. of caused a bit of a spike, but I think we maybe we're reaching a little bit there. Anyway, let's get into the top ten. Diablo four, as we said, Final Fantasy sixteen, FIFA twenty three. It won't be long, and then it'll be EA Sports FC 24 lurking. Breath of the Wild, no, not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom's next at number four. GTA 5 still lurking at five. Fucking hell. F123 at six. Hogwarts Legacy at seven. That's got some legs. Red Dead Redemption 2 at eight. Street Fighter 6 at nine. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at ten. Madness, so, isn't it? It's madness that people are still buying Red Dead 2 and GTA 5. They are like, great just, games, but yeah. They are, but... I d- like, GTA 5 out. came out on the 360. Yeah. What are we doing? It's it's, it's absolutely baffling. Like, I d- it genuinely, I just like, I don't... <laughs> I want to meet someone that's buying that and ask them, what are you doing? I want to get 10, 10 people in a room and go, why are you buying it? Like talk, make me understand because I genuinely don't. Talk me I don't know whether it's on. that is game sales, right? That's not like revenue. Yeah, these are sales, so it's just units shifted. Um, so I sale. So I guess if a game is on sale, sometimes you'll see it pop in there because more people go to it. Cause it seems like a good deal, but yeah, the the revenue is not considered in this chart. It's in terms. So, of yeah, it's not shifted. even people buying those fucking. No, yeah, it's not. It's correct. Madness. Yeah, I, I honestly, it's it's. I, I'm genuinely speechless for it. I mean, fair play to Rockstar. Yeah. Like, what else can you say? But it, the whole thing is bizarre. Anyway, yeah. let's not labour that anymore. I like to do the game sales. I stopped doing them for a while, but it does just keep us honest with critique because the assumption is that we know everything and sometimes the, the sales just tell you what's going on outside of the bubble, doesn't it? And like, well, that's, what, that's what's really happening. So but There's people still playing GTA 5 and yes. Red Dead 2, so work that out. Yes. Just over 500,000 game consoles were sold across Europe, which is up 33% over last June. Cost of living crisis, what are we doing? Well, this is due to a spike in sales on the PS5, is what Chrissy Dring says. Up 116%. Doubled then. Doubled, we should put the prices up as well, so laughing, aren't they? Switch sales are down slightly by 2.3%, and Series S and X sales are basically flat. Slightly down by 0.8%. Mm. So it doesn't matter what people keep telling me about this Xbox being the place to be. It ain't, it ain't materialising like that on this continent, is it? It's still Sony land in Europe. And they just can't seem to be stopped, despite all the grief we give them. They carry on well, walking through and going, we'll put prices up and, and, and laugh all the way to the bank. Phil should be showing that data uh, when he's hauled in front of the courts around the uh, competition stuff and go, look, underdog over here doubled. They did. They what actually they, they did produce some sort of slide that was like, we're like, in, I think it was worldwide and it was like 30% versus 70%, mm. which will, if we get time, we'll get to a, a point where this is where Phil talks out of his arse. In fact, I'll just mention it now. So what Phil, <laughs> we might as well, we might as well just fucking get up him. So, we've got this binding contract for Call of Duty that's been agreed by Sony and Microsoft to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, basically, for a number of years. Mm. So, Phil Spence comes out and says, we're pleased to announce that Microsoft and PlayStation have... He tagged PlayStation as well, did the app, clever boy, just to make sure the 
they were they were looped into the conversation have signed a binding it's agreement. Do it. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny to see a high level exec just do just like tagging companies and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Anyway, having signed a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation following the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, we look forward to a future where where players globally have more choice to play their favourite games. Now, in his own in his own data and in Xbox's own data, they've shown that there's a between a 70 and 80 percent 80 20 70 30 disparity between the two companies in terms of who's got consoles where worldwide mm. how is putting starfield only on xbox giving it more access to global players when you're the fucking third place blowers <laughs> how it ain't is it it's a lie this well, is what yeah. annoys me about phil sometimes is this facade of like we're going to make it available to more devices everywhere? It's like, well, don't produce first-party games that only appear on your own console. Then, <laughs> of course, it is, it's the answer to that. But, but it's like we know why it's going to happen. Yeah, we know why. Because it's I don't know why they don't just say, look, we're a business, we're running a business. Because, and then we'll get to this. They're doing a very good job of rallying a fan base behind them. Just whatever they do, there's an excuse that comes out for it. Game price has gone up a few quid. Oh, that's all right. It's good value. Why is that the response? <laughs> Taking more money out of your pocket, you daft cunt. <laughs> Got these windows open, so neighbours are, are hearing that, but they, they're used to it at this stage. Anyway, got me off slightly off track there. That's the European sales data. We'll jump into Xbox as it goes. So Xbox Live is being replaced with Xbox Game Pass Core. That's a real shit name. Um, nothing's changing. Well, I say nothing's changing fundamentally. There are fundamental changes, but the price isn't, <laughs> the price ain't changing. Okay, so don't be worrying about that. I think it's six pound ninety nine a month, seven UK pounds a month for Xbox Live. This is Gold. a classic uh, chocolate bar mm. thing, isn't it? Right where. The price stays the same, but the chocolate bar don't get bigger. They get smaller. I got a pack of Mars bars yeah. the other week. They're fucking tiny. Yeah, and if they have to the, buy a duo to keep one of regular size. Yeah, disgusting. So this is where they get you. They they half the size of it and keep the price the same. So are Microsoft doing the same thing? Well, kind of. I guess is the answer. So this Xbox Game Pass was it just called Game Pass Core? No, Xbox Game Pass Core. <laughs> It's important, da, 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 da. it's important to have the Xbox on it because they don't call PC Game Pass Xbox PC Game. They've just scrubbed it all off anyway. That's either, neither here nor there. They've, got, <laughs> they've put together this nice little form for us so we can easily understand it. It's got tick, tick in the boxes so we know what is and what isn't included. This, this, <laughs> A nice little form with ticks in the boxes. <laughs> game, and the question is, it's on their own website, how is, X, how is Game Pass Core better than Xbox Live Gold? That's the headline question they've wrote. <laughs> And here's their response. Game Pass Core brings the benefits of online console multiplayer from Xbox Live Gold plus access to a compelling and diverse catalogue of over 25 high-quality console games that you can enjoy on your Xbox Series X slash S or Xbox One console, all at the same great price of Xbox Live Gold. Now, what they don't mention there is that your monthly games that you've been getting are gone. So that's what's replacing it. You are going to get a static-ish list because they said I think two or three times a year they're going to add to this 25 game catalogue they've not said whether they're going to take things on or off it presume that there may be some things coming off in in the far distant future but you still got your 
your online multiplayer. It's got a tick in the box. Games libraries is two games a month with game with games with gold. That's in the Xbox Live column. Now you've got a catalogue of over twenty five high quality games. Now when we go through the list of games, there's some that aren't high quality. <laughs> Simply a lie. Anyway, I was going to say that's absolutely subjective. I know it's complete bollocks, but who cares really? Member deals and discounts of up to fifty percent on selected games. That's a tick in the box for both. Play selected fully featured games on free play days, tick in the box, and the price is the same. So let's do the 25 games. Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Elder Scrolls Online, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4. Fallout 76 is the first one that comes to mind when you tag fucking high quality to it. Forza Horizon 4, so from five years ago. Gears, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5 Guardians. Now... Why ain't Halo Infinite not on here? It ain't, it ain't blowing the doors off things, is it, in terms of sales or players? It's a free-to-play multiplayer game. Why not just bung the Halo Infinite campaign on there? Anyway. Halo Wars 2. Hellblade. Senua's Sacrifice. Human Fall Flat. Inside. Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Not the first one. Psychonauts 2. And State of Decay 2. Juggernaut Edition, which did review poorly when it launched, but I've heard it's in better shape. So that's the games you get in. From our perspective, we're Game Pass Ultimate members. Now, what this essentially means for us is we've gone from getting two games a month extra to getting nothing. We get nothing for this change. We actually lose access to those two games a month, <laughs> yeah. which is either neither here nor there. Some people will have you believe. So I guess my question, my questions are, got a few. Is this overdue? Because people have been saying this fucking Xbox Live Gold is a sack of shit. It's not worth... The games they offer are absolute garbage. And this is an, a nice easy way to rebrand it, freshen it up, and perhaps a static-ish list of 25 games that maybe a few are added each year is better than two lots of shite every month. Where do you stand on that? I think <clears throat> they have historically released some okay games on that. Xbox. Yeah, back in the day they did. Like, I, I don't think you, know, you can draw a line. Is the thing you can draw a line from quality of Xbox Live offerings and Game Pass launching as the years go on. That that number goes down and Xbox Game Pass goes up. So we we could see where the money was going at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah, um, and I'm I'm you know I can understand why. I mean, it, yeah. The answer is yes. It is overdue. Like I think you could argue that Xbox Live Gold in of itself was. <laughs> was running its course but then again you could pay 45 pound 40 pound for the year yeah. and just be done with it right yeah. now you're basically getting tied into this monthly subscription piece where that seems to basically be gone that's a good point actually because they have started they did and have removed most of the annual game pass subscriptions and actually they only mention the monthly sub here so that's a Good point. I don't know if you can. It didn't launch till September, I must say that. So no. September the 14th. So that'd be interesting to track, actually, whether there's any 12-month options for this. Because if there's not, you're right. Those that are doing annual savings will be down the pipeline of... Phil wants to know that you're paying up every month so he can he can track it yeah. with Alan. And they can yeah, and the you know, simply as well, it goes from £40 a year yeah. to... I mean, I don't know what that equates to a month when in, in monetary terms. But it'll probably be like £7 a month or something for for gold so you know you're looking at 
or core, whatever they want to call it. And, you, you, you know, you, for the arguably the same thing, all right, you get more games. But you don't get two different games every month. You get this catalogue of mm. over 25 high. So it's going to be a minimum of 25 high-quality games. Yeah. We don't know the regularity at which they change. Like, we don't know the regularity in which they drop in and drop out. If they're going to be fucking God knows our old, like yeah. Halo 5 bloody Guardians, like, largely, if you wanted to play that, you would have done by now. Um, you shouldn't. If you think about yeah, it, don't, don't waste your time. Stay. Don't even bother if you haven't. <laughs> stick, skip it. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I look, at, if I if I didn't have this, and when I look across this list, there's nothing there that I would play. Yeah, I mean, that's... I might if I, I might have played Orion and the Will of the Wisps, maybe Psychonauts two, mm. Human Fall Flat. I've played already. Like beyond that, like I'm probably you're not going to get this, and go, I'm going to get because the games, like the games are. a a boon for it but basically what you're paying for is is mm. that online yeah. capability and What's... arguably do you even need that because they took away the requirement to do online multiplayer for free games anyway so if you're playing call if you're playing warzone if you're playing fortnite Apex. you don't even need it yeah. and, and things like that like you don't even need it so no that's a good that's a good point what's What's actually interesting is that it's going to be essentially four tiers of game pass now so it's going to have, you're going to have core console pc which is kind of its own thing like pc only is actually probably the best value proposition which i may get into if i can be bothered and you've got ultimate which combines everything including pc so if you're across two platforms that's really useful to have but if you just want to have game pass console this is how it stands at the moment i can't imagine this will stay the same but who knows you get access to all those games. You know, we get the monthly day one drops. We get the, you know, all the, all the good stuff. You get a catalogue of 250 games or whatever they quote these days. But you don't get online multiplayer. Sorry. You, have, you have to pay for Ultimate or have PC Game Pass where you don't need online multiplayer payment to yeah. have it. So if you have Game Pass Core... You can play online in a paid game. So let's just say Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. If you've got Game Pass console, which is $8.99 a month, so a couple of quid more expensive, you can play online. You need the Ultimate Edition to get it. I remember this when I was going through it because it's arguably... It feels like a mistake or an oversight, but... I was like... Because I remember going through it and I was like, right, so I can either have Xbox Live Gold and not have Game Pass, or I basically have to have Ultimate. And yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand this. Like, why do I need? Why do why? Like, it's, it was a really weird thing, and it felt like you're just getting done up the arse to, to go for the higher package. It's a really odd way of setting it up. So I'd agree. Like, you'd expect the lowest tier to be consistent throughout the higher tier. Yeah. So if you go in a higher tier, you get everything, including. Plus. lower tier plus in yeah. addition yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I, I think they'll change this because it just seems so weird to mm. keep it like that but as it what stands get, at the moment though, if that console gave you online and full like library access what would you get for ultimate what do you mean right so say <laughs> so you, you said at first like ultimate is a blend of pc game pass and essentially yeah. console game plus plus online so it's everything yep. you get the whole lot get the whole lot like if they added say i don't have a pc yep so there's no need for me to have pc game pass because that laptop ain't even turning on these days that i'm playing anything stream so, it honestly there's a breakdown at the base emails are a tough thing to ask of it these days like, it's literally like 
dead it, yeah. on his deathbed. It's it's given up the ghost. But anyway, so what I really need to understand is they need to realign the offering. Like what what does a console as a console player? Why do I need ultimate? I think it's basically what I'm going to get to. And yeah. It's like, do I get the EA access? Do I get... Sure. Yeah, correct. Like, so, sort of stuff, so you do yeah. get... I mean, Ultimate's clearly the best deal if you can afford it. Yeah. So you get... So you do get cloud access, which you don't get on standard console. With Take it or leave it on that. Mm. Uh, you get free perks, include which are like in-game content and partner offers. So I had something like you get six months of Apple Plus or something. Like you get weird stuff yeah, yeah. like access to that. Mm. Um, and yes, like you like you mentioned um, a moment ago, what did you actually mention? What was your point? Was it like EA? Oh yeah, and you get, that's that it. You, get, you get EA Play rolled in as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you do get a lot more for your money at that stage. But mm. you know, if you were happy on gold, if sorry, if you're happy on console, then if you're happy on console, you'd be doing, nothing's changed again. I guess there's no. It hasn't mm. been ripped away, but it does just seem like a strange setup somewhat. That yeah. your lowest... I think they need to realign it, don't they, a little bit? Yeah, your lowest and second tier has got a feature which is on the lowest tier, but not the second tier and mm. and whatnot. But... It's because it was always positioned that Game Pass run alongside, like Xbox Live Gold, everyone had to have. Like, that was yeah. like the basic, you need to have that. And then you were able to buy Game Pass as a subscription thing on top of it. And they have slowly rolled everything into... Once you'd argue that it does make sense, but then they need to realign some of these tiers a little bit to make them more, um, m- more just better aligned. Yeah, sorry, I was just looking out the window because some open reach fuck just went by, which usually means they try and cut Cutting off the broadband. Well, he's on his phone when he drove by as well, so I should report him, but <laughs> there's no kids out there playing anyway. Yeah, so it's 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 a bit of a hodgepodge, maybe they'll correct it and and whatnot. They will. Um, I'll tell you what will be interesting to look out for because this will just this will inherently because they've changed the name of it will suddenly mm. add millions of Game Pass members, and I wonder. Uh, I wonder yeah. you'll, it, people will will expose themselves as being thick because you'll <laughs> see in the next numbers when they when they go up by quite a big amount, you will the see people claps. popping champagne bottles. You'll see yeah. people saying this proves the growth of. Ga-. Just keep an eye on the morons that do that, and then <laughs> cut them out of your life. Is my suggestion. <laughs> is how I'd, how I would do that. One yeah. thing I wanted to end on. Yeah. We said it's long overdue because Xbox Live's been shot basically. You know, the game offerings are not there. We're not what's the point? Mm. They have done a masterful job of just sandbagging the service so much that people almost wanted it to go away, even if it's less of a benefit to us. So even us both sitting there saying, "Yeah, good riddance." Yeah. But that's because they've provided the shit service. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I mean, it basically, it's always been the base level. I've always just accepted yeah. that it's like, you know, the standing charge in electricity. And if you don't use it, you need it. Like, it's you get charged for it anyway. And I was always just one of the things that I resented somewhat anyway and just paid. Well, I rolled it into Ultimate in the end because I was like, this is yeah. ridiculous. It seemed ridiculous to me for, pay, for paying for two separate things. So yeah. I was like, this is nonsense. So I rolled it into Ultimate. Um, and then now they've rolled it in completely. But I agree, like it's you know, and especially since they, you know, the the rise of free games and the fact that you don't need any subscription to pay them, which I think is a good move, but ultimately takes away from what you're paying for naturally. Yeah. Um, so look, I think yeah, it, it's become redundant. And rather than going, look, don't worry about that. 
they're well, just rolling it up in a, in a in potentially a higher charge. Couldn't they? The, I mean, PlayStation still do well on their bottom tier with games. I know their 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 yeah. subscription their their main bulk subscription offering isn't probably as compelling for most people as Game Pass, but well, they, they put all their um, their big hitters from the last gen out and stuff, didn't yeah. they? Like all of their Spider Man and God of War and the remastered versions, nonetheless, and said have that and have at it for a period of time. Um, mm. So you would, it would have been nice if, if Xbox would have done something similar. I mean, they didn't have any big hitters. That's part of the problem. But <laughs> That's true. Uh, you, you know what I mean? If they'd have said, here's like a, an Xbox cl- like like classic collection or however they want to put it, where you yeah. had like all the Gears of War, like Halos, and like you could just, just have that here. But... Yeah, yeah. And said, look, here's, here's something to, to ease the pain a little bit. But then everyone was sort of going, oh, what got Ultimate for? What, what? It's, so... Yeah, it, it's. I don't think they should have this many tiers anyway. I think it should be basic and and mm. I want to call it ultimate, ultimate. And then I think essentially you get extra perks. You can have Game Pass Basic, which gives you just the basic Xbox yeah. titles, and you can have Ultimate, which gives you, as you say, the perks, EA Play, and other other games that they might want to put on there. So I, I I'd like to see them long term strip out the four and just have the two. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to that one day. It obviously takes mm. a while for these things to move. I don't know if this, this the brand of Game Pass is now a little bit diluted to me because Game Pass has always been a very simple concept. It's a library of games that come on yeah. each month. It's day one. Mm. Now Game Pass means something slightly different because mm. it means actually it can also mean a static library of old toot basically, which is a bit of a, in my opinion, a, a branding <laughs> issue if nothing else, but. Yeah, yeah. They don't give a fuck, do they? So, what do we care? Well, I think the, the Xbox Live Gold was a branding issue for them Cause anyway. it wasn't called Game Pass in some way. Yeah, and yeah. it's just kind of this legacy thing that they've had left over from the 360. I don't think Live or Gold and Silver, because that was Xbox Live, Gold, right, Xbox Silver, Live actually. Silver. Yeah. Like, you had Tears, and then they did away with that, and you just had Gold, and they've kind of now just done away with It's with telling. It's, it's telling they don't call this Game Pass Gold, because they know it wouldn't fly. Because it ain't a gold service, is it? To have twenty-five no. state games, no. But that would have been my is preference. It? They should have created a tier yeah. called Game Pass Gold that perhaps was the next one up, and then this could be called whatever. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm fine with the name. I just think the service itself is a bit, bit of a rip-off. I think. Yeah. There we go. That's that. I'm going to end on a controversial topic. This is a follow-up from the last episode. I think it's the last episode, anyway. We won't dwell on it, but mm. I thought it just for some continuity. EA explains its decision to add women to Ultimate Team for the first time. Quote, we feel we mm. can really play an important role in the growth of that sport. The most interesting thing about this article to me wasn't necessarily that they're coming out and saying this, because it's, it's, you, you cannot not say this when these sort of questions are asked simply as a, as a corporation, whether they believe it or not. It remains mm. to be seen, but they, they say all the right things. It's that it confirmed that the ultimate team is going to be a hodgepodge. There's going to be... Ah. The ladies will not have their own mode. They will be in playing against the males. And I think that's what... When people got their ears on that, obviously it caused some level mm. of noise. And um, yeah, here's, the, here's a quote from John Shepard, executive producer. It's something we really thought deeply about we feel that we can play play a really important role in the growth of that sport in introducing it to all of our fans we just have this conviction 
that we believe we want to unite the world around football. Ultimate Team is a great place for that. It's a mode where you can build your fantasy team with different nationalities, different leagues, different clubs. And so it felt like a great spot to be able to do that. And then Sam Riviera, one of the senior producers, is quoted saying, Ultimate Team is a fantasy mode. You don't see Mbappe playing with all the icons. It's Ultimate Team. It's fantasy football. It's what's happening there. So I do understand the justification for that. The Ultimate Team is not based in any sort of realism. And I suspect when you pick up EA Sports FC 24 and you go in that career mode where you want to build Spurs up from the doldrums, you Mm. ain't going to be subjected to signing women or moving around. Maybe you can move around into their leagues. That might be an interesting dynamic, but you're not going to see the cross-pollination of them playing against each other because we don't see that in the sport and the way it's structured. But um, just thought I'll get your thoughts on this because you tend to not like these women. I'm fine with it. It's just this like... Uh, the, the thing that I that that concerns I everyone's know, getting concerns, ready. To, everyone's getting ready to clip this and post it around. Yeah, sexist. Know, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the simple fact is, is that the women's product and the level of women's football, and it shouldn't be contra- controversial to say, is not at the level of men. Right? And that it's just it's just true. So, there are some really really good women's footballers but as Piers Morgan's pointed out the US women's team who is notably I think accepted at, to be generically the best women's yeah. team in the world yep. got beat by 15 year old boys right <laughs> and they didn't just get beat they got hammered I think it was like 8 something like, yeah, you it, can't it was, play properly against children can you if you do a slide tackle on the you know you I'm break not. the legs so I'm just like as a yardstick of of where the game, the women's game is versus the men's, like that's where it is, right? And the simple fact is, the women's game isn't developed to a point where the men's is, and I think it is getting there. And the, there has been significant progress in the past, sort of like five, six, seven, eight years, with the advent of the World Cups and the Euros and interest and stuff. But it's a different game, played differently by a different technical level. Right, yeah. it's like if you go and watch Southend United play, you go, "Good lord, what's this?" Well, they won't be playing right. next season. At this rate, they'll be sunk. Oh well, no! So they won't but, be have to worry it, about it, that anymore. Like the the simple fact of it is, the technical capability isn't as such isn't at a high level. Nothing. It's like trying to like where do you put like if Southend United played the women's men's team, who would win? Based on the data, probably Southend United, right? And a lot they of their can't even fill eleven players. But <laughs> they'd be like bronze level players. And no one, unless you're creating specific bronze teams, would want bronze-level players. Mm. Like, and I, I, I think that's just my concern with blending the two more than anything, is do you then artificially inflate the competitiveness or the abilities of the women-like players? Because the players, the, the, as far as I understand, and when I used to play on my team, the, 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 the stats carried over. I mean, they create special cards and things yeah. like that, but ultimately, if you get... So and so from here, they'll be the same rated in Ultimate Team. So what you're telling me in the women's game, you're going to have certain women players that are rated like 82, 83, 84, 85, 86 into the 90s. Maybe. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have Haaland next to a 90 rated women's player. Like it, I think that's for yeah, me. I've seen Maradona like, running around and he's dead. Yeah, yeah, they can do that, but I just think it's it just. But it's nonsense. It's the, the, the mode's nonsense anyway. The mode that's, is nonsense. That's what they're saying, basically. The mode is a fantasy nonsense, so why not just let it go full whack? And actually, more recently, AW Fight Forever, they mm. don't have in- intergender matches. I mean, no pro wrestling's yeah. scripted and whatnot, and it's you know it's not mm. a real combat you know sport. So in theory, there's nothing yeah. to stop them doing that. But I guess that's you know from yeah. a, a lens purpose. They don't want to put that out there. But in the game, you can do yeah. that. You can. What have- about MMA? 
Well, no, MMA you can't. Obviously, it's a sport and whatnot, and in real life, yeah, yeah. That's not... So, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> imagine if that was in MMA. So you're saying all of a you've got the female we... fighters versus the male fighters. Are we talking in the game here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what I don't know is the honest answer. They do have a new UFC game coming out this year, which is made by yeah. EA. It will. This be... is why I'm asking you. It will be interesting to see what they do given this. I do think there's a there's a difference in terms of optics of a combat sport where, because you know what will happen, people will pick <laughs> fucking John Jones, they'll pick a female fighter, and then they'll go in there and just smash them to bits and post it online, and, and it'll be it'll be yeah, a bad but would loss. They? So this is this is the point. Some so people would. Say he's right. So this is where it comes down to ratings, mm. right? So to make that to level the playing field, they'll have to say. The woman fighter is top of her game versus the men's fighter that's top of his game. If you put them in together, mm. statistically, they would be on a par. Well, that's what, that's what I'm asking about Ultimate Team and FIFA is because well, I think they'll be close. Yeah. They can't because they have to make it worthwhile. You put them in your team, and exactly the, the main separate. I was going to make quickly. The main separator there is they do have weight classes, so. Yeah. My example isn't it doesn't work because you can't you can't even cross pollinate the weight classes. Um, it's a mm. bit more stringent that game. But no, going back to the football side of things, they would I, I can only imagine there'll be some level of level playing field. There'll be a window of you know stats of peak and and, and minimum, and they'll be in and amongst players mm. that are seemingly within their re- realm of sport. So a top class female footballer will be treated as such in terms of the ratings is how I would presume it's going to go. but Yeah, so it has we'll to be a levelling of the playing field, essentially, to to allow for it. Yeah. And that's either by reducing... But like I said, the, Maradona's the running around with 90 stats. He can't, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he ain't yeah. moving anymore. No, no, I'm, I'm just He's, saying, like, that. that's... Is that really... Do, that's reflecting the ability of Madonna, Maradona, not Madonna. She ain't playing. Did I say Madonna? Did I, did I say Madonna? No, I think oh, I no. did. But essentially, what you're doing is... This, She's still alive, The issue she? that I've... Yeah, yeah, right. somehow um, <laughs> but essentially there's a levelling of the playing field and I think that's not fair to women either because you're you know you don't want to be making a concession on that basis to say come in it's kind of like they should be reflected on their own merit and mm. I think part of the problem with that is is then that they're not quite at that level of men yet so well, I think the simple the- fact is they won't be I well I won't say never but every athletic sport generally that requires a high level of physical output yeah you, you, the the athletics you can see in all the records there's a there's a change in, in very few circumstances will there be a yeah a lay a female kind of record it's a it's above a, a men's record because that's just how humans are built yeah well so, you can't be can't nice. be making those sort of outrageous nice. claims in 2023 but it's been said, no, so. I, you know i think uh, that's uh, i'm not against it in any way like i'm glad that there's a women like recognition of the women's game and how it's come on and they're in the game and stuff like i'm fine with that but i think trying to cross pollinate it without doing this leveling is going to mm. be tricky so i expect there will be some sort of leveling of some sort um yeah you know and i think to see you know, I, I, we go back to realism and the fact that Pele's been roaming around and all that. Like, I get it, but he's still alive, like, isn't mm, No, I'm going to say no. If no, not, he's no, definitely he's on his last legs. December 2022. Yeah, I thought he'd gone. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, <clears throat> I think execution, what we're boiling it down to is execution. It's not principle, it's execution of how they how they do it. Um mm. 
And I don't, the thing is, like, I, you know, I don't. Is it for a game? It goes back to that question: Is it for a game to drive, like, adoption or interest or or yeah. move it forward, or is it for the product to improve, to gain interest? I think that's that's an interesting perspective that EA are taking on it. Yeah, I mean, it's they damned they do, they damned they don't at this stage, aren't they? Yeah. If, you, if you don't have them in the ladies in there, there's going to be a contingent of people saying why not. It is you've got dead people in there and whatnot running rounds. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, it's this, this mode is not a simulation. It's purely a game playing mm. online mode. Mm. And then on the other side of things, if you do add them in, you open up these cans of worms. And you also, I mean, I always, I go back to that, my example, I'd say what would happen in the UFC game. I can see people with teams that have female footballers in it that the other team will just target the women and try and hack them down. They'll just, do you know what I mean? There'll be like this, yeah, yeah, this sort yeah, yeah, yeah. of undertone yeah. of right, get them out of the game. Yeah. I don't think you get like injuries. What happen and when you get the female linos and stuff like that? It's just yeah. a, unless, like just abuse for the sake of abuse. It's something they're going to have to keep an eye on. They do mention this in the article, saying that you know it's something we really take seriously, obviously, and it's mm. an, an ongoing thing. It's a constant effort. We have a team of EA fully focused on toxicity and understanding what's happening in the game. We are moving some newer systems, even for this next game where we're using some new services to help us monitor names. So they're going to try and do something about it. But that's going to expose people to that, I think. And you're going to see that. But, you know, uh, the, if they've been doing this for racism and, you know, all this kind of like... Uh, why specifically for women? I think they are. I think they're just saying because yeah. they're now introducing this new opportunity for people to, you know... It changes to, the dynamic, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to be more opportunity for people who want to make a whether it's an anti-women statement or whatever they can now kind of live that out in real time by mm. you know it's the sexists of this world thundering into them but mm. i'll be interested to see the stats when they come out to your point and see how they are handling yeah. it because again there'll be a contingent of people that say they should be rated as highly and some they obviously disagree with that and they've now got to deal with both sides and, and neither side will be happy with how they do it so i mean i think the way that they'd have to do it is say look relative to the competition this player is 92 rated like this yeah. player is 93 rated like re relative to the competition they play in yeah that's the only way they could do it because otherwise you're gonna have a team of women players or female players that are, that are bronze rated essentially and nobody's gonna to want to play with them so to make them playable and enjoyable to play with they're gonna to have to make them higher rated and then to be able to bung them into ultimate team in the same way so that's what i would expect them to do yeah um but yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna play it, so it's not something that I'm particularly invested in. Like, he won't I'm play it because there's women in it. Unbelievable. <laughs> trying to look at the last one I've got here: FIFA 13, FIFA 15. Basically, I ain't bought one. God knows decade, how long. Almost a decade. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I haven't either. I used, to, I, used to, I used to take up a huge amount of my gaming time, but not so much anymore. Anyway. We've annoyed everyone from every spectrum today, so mission mission accomplished. We'll be back probably next week. We'll, we'll see how things yeah, we'll yeah. see how things go. I have to rearrange actually because I'll be away. So we, we, yeah. we did agree some sort of plan, which I've forgotten. So we'll we'll suss it all out and try and get something out to you. But you know, if there's, if there's an emergency, no episode, I'll probably tweet it or, or whatever. But everyone's going to be treated to tiny kin now. Okay. Oh, topical. Exactly. Get in with the Pikmin. So it's me and Logan again. So you'll have a little transition and then, then we'll be back. But we will see you all on the other side.
Here we are then, back with some game impressions to close out this week's Idle Game Chat. This time, Logan has brought to us Tiny Kin. An unbelievable game, some are saying. Um, Independent developers here. Splash Team is the name. I've done some research because I must admit I'd never heard of this this company or this this um, this, de- this set of developers, and I'm led to believe they developed this Tiny Kin uh, and another game called Splasher. So, if we're starting to edge towards cards on the table, had you previously played Splasher or were you aware of Splash Team as a developer? No, 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 no. absolutely not. No, it's literally just a case of. Uh... I usually do a quick scan of the old Game Pass to see what's due to be the next thing. I always like to make sure I know what's coming on and what's going off. Yes. Um, and then if it's going off, I think, right, well, maybe I might have to play that. And there are certain things that that crop up um, when you're looking at the what's coming on. And this was just one of those things. And I went, oh, that looks interesting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, this is a great thing about Game Pass. I know we've already sort of elapsed into the cards on the table. Obviously, I played this on my Series X with Game Pass. Yeah. Um, this is a great little thing. You can play little things like this, which might otherwise not get played. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can jump in. The risk is just your time. Because unlike me, I don't know actually about you. I'm making assumptions. But I am, right, play it, finish it, whatever the weather. I don't know where you, where you sit on that, whether you're boot something up on Game Pass and then go, yeah, this wasn't what I thought it was. I'm going to walk away after two, three hours. Or are you now falling into the trap of, well, I'll just see it through? Yeah, so I'm not full-on Ronnie where I have to see everything through that I started. And I'm not no. full-on Biff where I'll just drop everything if I've played it for 20 minutes and it ain't what I want. Like, so I normally... I'd like to say I've got a happy medium somewhere in the middle. Like If it's really not my thing, I'm yeah. quite happy to go, this is not... I'm not enjoying this. I'll drop it. Yeah. Like, I did it with Forza, funnily enough. I think I downloaded Forza and I was like... Which one? Horizon? Uh, yeah. 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 Like the latest Horizon, I picked that up and went, mm, I'm not really enjoying this. It's, I'm not really up for it. So I just deleted it and I went, if I do want to come back and play it, I will. But um, Well, there's no end credits yeah. on that game. So it's one of those things where there is like a, I guess there's a last sort of showcase, but... It will not say, right, there's your credits. You you can walk. It's one of those jobbies where you're like, well, mm. have I done it? So you can have to sometimes, make a decision. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm pretty good at drawing a line under things. So I go, right, I've done what I wanted to do, what I set out to do. That's acceptable. Walk away. It really does depend on what it is. I mean, some of these um, kind of, I'd say, smaller games that I play, they're yeah. generally a lot shorter. So you can kind of just go, well, I might as well see it through because I know I'm not going to be here. For that long, anyway. Spirit Fairer being the exception to the rule. Yes, um, yes. That is a that is one where it was ground out. Well, this get into. I'll read out the store page or some yeah. an, an extract from it because some of these store pages are fucking long. I, I don't know. I don't need that. Just one paragraph and some bullet points. So I'll go as far as I can be bothered to go. Yeah. This is what they've chucked out on the Xbox store page as I look at it. 
Milo arrives on Earth to find that he's way too small. Everybody's gone and the day hasn't passed since 1991. Team up with the mysterious Tiny Kin and use their unique powers to create ladders, bridges, explosions and a lot more. Find a way home for a sprawling ant-sized metropolis and unravel Earth's biggest mystery. So, nice little setup there. Um, doesn't really go too much into the, the gameplay, although those that have seen videos of it or looked at it, to me it looked like a Pikmin type game where you've got these little minions running around. You can direct them, but I'll, I'll let you correct me. But is that setup there of, of Milo arriving on Earth accurate? Is that is that the long and short of it? And that there's there's potentially a, a mystery for us to to get involved with. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be quite frank at the outset of this. There is the story is non-existent to zero. I mean, the narrative that surrounds. He's got my. He's got a name, Milo. I know, but ninety-one retro. It chucked you right in there. So basically, and this ain't even a spoiler. He's from the future, and he's fucking about trying to figure out what happened to. He's from another planet, and he's trying to figure out what happened to the humans. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he creates this machine, and it basically just blasts him back. The thing is, it's, it's weird because it, says it puts him back, as you say, into, the, into this 90s setting. Yeah. There's no evidence of humans there. Right. And every, But the rooms are human-sized. Yeah. But all these rooms that you go through are have insects in. And as you say, when it says it's ant-sized, you're literally... So not only have you as an adult male human I've gone back to the past, you're also now the size of an ant. Hmm. So it's almost and a bit it, of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mixed with Pikmin. In yeah. the, well, I think that's the idea of Pikmin, actually. You're small in that, actually. That's, that's not necessarily unique. But I, I, but I get the feeling that they come up with the idea for the game before the story, and they created this story to suit the idea of the game. That's mm. how I would kind of position it. Um, so, yeah, it kind of chucks you in. It kind of just has this introductory storyline. and It's a bit confusing, weirdly, because if you haven't... It, it doesn't explain it very well, so you kind of just figure out that something's happened, it went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're the size of a pea, and now you're trying to figure it all out again. Um, hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit odd. That's a nice little hook to me, though. I quite like the idea of that, that you're going back to 91 and something's potentially gone wrong with Earth, and there's like a little mystery to to, un, to unfold. But did it... Well, it doesn't even- it's, it doesn't even insinuate that anything's gone wrong with Earth. Like this is what I mean. You just go back, and this is just the existence. Just there's, a bit empty. Yeah, there's just this empty house. But I'm pretty sure there's pictures, picture frames of humans. Mm. Like this is what I mean. It's, it's there's no there's no real definition to to the story. It just kind of creates this narrative, and then you just go, "Well, I'll see. I'll see what happens then." Well, it says here, it says one of the little bullet points, meet characters everywhere you go and learn their stories and history. So we're criticising narratives and yet they're saying there's there's all sorts of heavy-hitting characters to meet and finding out their rich backstory, lore. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> again, you know, I know we're getting ahead of it, but they're, they're, to be fair, there is a surprising amount of NPCs. Okay. Um, they're and are these? And what are these? Like bugs, or are they little humans, or are they little things, yeah, are they, or are they weird no, things? No, all, yes, they're all like um, humanized bugs. I don't know what that means. I can't think of the specific word. I know they're what you like mean. Upright, yeah. like they look. They've got like human personas, but they're bugs. So they'll be like, right. I think one's silverfish, one's um, 
like they're all type they're like different one of them's like ants like there's just different types of insect in each room i think there's um grasshoppers yeah, yeah I, it's but it's i don't i've never i still and it might be me i just might not have been paying attention but i just don't understand why like it's just confusing <laughs> um but uh it's like the only thing that i could surmise is that for some reason the human race just stopped in the 90s yeah and then this um but it doesn't look like hugely derelict like it yeah. doesn't look like everything's fucked or there's like just a nuclear bo- perhaps people just vanished one day and it, like, they was doing something and then it just went oh they're gone something like that yeah, it but, feels like, like, but there's no like nuclear war that's torn the earth apart seemingly or yeah. any, any evidence of that so it says 1991 yeah. does right i mean I doubt your memory goes back that far, but we were unbelievably alive back then just to sort of age us to the audience. Mm. Does it feel like they got that part of it right? Like, does it feel like a early 90s aesthetic in terms of like you might see items and you're like, oh yeah, that looks like what I remember from, from the early 90s. Like you're not going to see flat screen TVs up on no. the wall and things like that. Have they, have they got no. that part of it right? Given the, yeah, yeah. the restrictions yeah. they've got on their, the art style and what they you know, can, can pump into it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's uh, the old box TVs and there's like stereo systems yes. and things. It's just. Uh, Is there any Walkmans lying around? I don't remember a Walkman, but there was like uh, videotapes and things. Yeah. Like there's, it, there was those elements to it. I mean, it's not. Hmm. It wasn't. I mean, if you're getting that wrong and you position it then, then you're really, you're really struggling. You've uh, created a restriction yeah, I mean, and then not been able to fulfill the, yeah. <laughs> the time um, zone. So yeah, you know, and even like down to the toys, there's one of the rooms, it's like obviously a child's bedroom and there's, it's all like a race, it's like a scale electric in yeah, there and yeah. uh, like a castle and all these sort of different things. Like Walls snow, filled like, with blue tack, like my room was. Just I don't think they're that. That Honestly, I don't know why people let people like me get away with that, like my dad and that, like the, the wall was ruined, like all that blue tack from posters. Like you, got, you, can't, you can't repair, that's it, you have to rip the whole thing up and start again. Yeah, but you went to the extreme where pretty much the, one of the whole of your walls was literally full of posters. That's because my brother had already damaged the wall. So I, all I was doing was papering over the damage that was there. Like You're creating a new canvas. I was, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously the posters fall down the night. What a nightmare. I mean, I don't... I, I, yeah. Bloody blue tape. I remember tech. when I, at, at my house, we had Artex on the walls. Mm. I don't know if you've ever experienced Artex, but I, I remember putting posters up on my wall. Whenever I tried to take the blue tack off, it literally ripped the Artex <laughs> off with it. So there's yeah. all these like hole shapes like, about this big in the wall. Yeah. Thinking, oh, God. To be honest, I've stuck a sticker up on this wall and I went to take it off and it took off, you know, half what it was, what it was stuck onto. And I was like, well, I'll just stick over that now. Um, so I'm sort of making the same mistakes, but with different different kind of areas anyway digression so what's the so i mentioned that it looks to me like a bit of a pikmin game i don't know if you've ever played those games or just seen them or heard people speaking about them but i have heard people yeah yeah, so what is is what's this well how's tiny can work is there is there a timer on some of the levels or anything like that is there is it is it just a con you know controlling these little these little minions and getting them to help you out what's the sort of loop and then i guess progression in terms of puzzles, it must be a puzzle game at heart, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this game is very relaxed. It's a yeah. very kind of casual game. It's one that they've built for you to, I think, enjoy the environment and just sort of go through at your leisure. Um, yeah. Which is why it kind of appealed to me because I was like, it's no stress palette cleansing here. Yeah. It's ideal. 
Um, so the idea is that there's kind of these objectives or puzzles that you need to solve in the room to get to the end of to get an objective to kind of move on to the next room. Yeah. Um, so you need to collect, I think, five or six different elements to this uh, to basically create this machine, which is supposed to help you get back to your world. So, right. And that there's, so Milo's there's already a, regretting arriving. He's like, arrived and gone. Ah, oh, this is a bad idea. I need to get back. Yeah. I've created this machine, gone back and thought, nah, that was silly. Well, I don't think, this is what I mean, it's very woolly, so I yeah. don't think he intended to end to, up here. To, to end up, like, I don't think it was a time machine, I think he was trying to right. travel. Okay, and he ended up in this situation. Yeah, right. so okay. I think he's like, right, I need to get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the idea of each room is to get kind of this master part, and to do that you need to solve these puzzles for for the insects in that room. And there's normally, you know, a number of things to do, but you use the tiny kin um, to solve the puzzles. So yeah. some of the tiny kin explodes, you need to blow things up with a certain amount Kill of them. tiny kin. Some of them um, create bridges, some of them sort of create, you can like boost yourself up, so you chuck them underneath Ooh. you and they lift you up to get to different platforms and stuff. So that they're basically... Sounds a little bit like lemons as well, if they've got little abilities, each of them. Yeah, so each of the different tiny kins are all just lying around on the floor. So you kind of have to, when you go into a level, kind of go and mop them all up. And go and pick them up, yep, and the follies. And then as you go, you can kind of figure out where the puzzles are, what you need to do, what tiny kin you need to then be able to come back and do that puzzle. Um, the puzzles are not difficult. It basically relies on you just getting the right amount of pick, uh, I said pick me tiny kin. Um, so... I have to say, like, the, the hard part sometimes is actually finding the puzzle rather than doing it. <laughs> right. Ridiculous. But um, like, by far the best thing about the game, I think, is um, like how you traverse the world. It's like mm. the movement of Milo and everything, and you can kind of glide around. He's got this like, gliding ability with a bubble, yeah, um, which you can upgrade so that it goes on for longer. And you can kind of jump and glide around. Skateboard I'm reading here. Is that like is, is skateboard? Is that is that correct? Skate well, can kind of skateboard around on Milo's tiny soapbox, soapboard. Jump, grind, yes. and hover around the house. Yeah, so you can kind of you can run, but you can then sort of basically get out this board, which lets you slide around. Obviously, you can't slide uphill. No, it lets you slide vert like horizontally and downward. Um, which just basically allows you to traverse the environment a bit quicker because you find yourself sort of going back and forth quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's only five or six sort of levels or rooms as they are, different rooms of the house. There's like a bathroom, a, yeah. a, um, a bedroom, a kitchen. Um, you go on the landing um, and you basically yeah, have to solve the puzzles in each of the rooms to then get to the end room, to then build this thing at the end, which kind of takes you to the, the, the loft, which is kind of the end gotcha. The end of the story. But really, the game is, you know, it's, it's about enjoying the environment, solving the puzzles, collecting the tiny tin. Um, and it's kind of a completionist game, I would say. I mean, oh. I didn't complete it. I think I got to about 700 Gs out of 1,000. So there's a couple left. Um, but I think there's like a load of this pollen it's called, but basically it's like collecting the coins in Mario. Yeah. The idea is, is that you kind of go around and collect all of the the pollen in each of the areas, kind of a completionist thing. And there's some extra little challenges you can do for certain bugs that are in every room. So there's some like little completionist challenges to do. 
Um, but yeah, it's pretty much go in the room, complete all the challenges, move on to the next one. Nice. So story was was finished, but you know a few hundred G off getting the full collectathon run that's mm. that's on offer there. Um, can these tiny kin die? Is there a threat in the world, or is it simply feet up and it's you only, the, only, the only enemy you've got is your own time because you can take as no long enemies. as you want. No enemies at all. Okay, okay. Well, that's no kind enemies. of that is definite palate cleansing feet up territory, isn't it? Because there's no stress there. Yeah, I was a bit surprised to it by that. To be honest, the main enemy is fight, so you can't just fall. Right. Um, it's like this environmental. Yeah, I would say. So certain things like you can't swim. So if you fall in water at all, then it's it's literally game over. Yeah. Um. So, but beyond that, yeah, there's no. I'm trying to think now. I'm pretty sure there was no real. No, there's no enemy. No threat to no. to one. No threat. Interesting. What did you? What did you like about this game? What do you like about old Tinykin? If anything, you might say don't like any of it. No, it was, you know, the environment was was really good and traversing mm. the environment and solving some of the puzzles and everything were, were satisfying. Control's nice and um, solid for what it's asking you to do. Yeah, like, the, the, as I say, it's really smooth. It's really nice to control and everything. It's not, you know, th- there's no bugs or anything that I can really think about. Yeah. Ironic term there, by the oh, way, yeah. bugs. And there's, there's, you know, it's, <laughs> Clever. Um but uh, no, it's literally it's it's a nice game to play. Like it's a it's very relaxing. Um, it allows you to enjoy the environment they've created. And if you want, you know, there's plenty of NPCs you can go up and talk to. They don't have huge. You know, it's like you press X on them or whatever it is, and it sort of just comes out of a little blurb. But some of yeah. them have got like their own little things going on and stuff. And yeah, it's nice to. It's just a interesting just to explore. I mean, it's not. It's very shallow. Yeah. Like, don't go in there expecting this huge lorry. Where's my world. RPG elements and my upgrades and buffs and debuffs and status effects? Come on! Yeah. <laughs> Everything <laughs> has to have systems on top of systems on top of systems. It has to. And you could easily ignore it all. Yeah. And just go and do all the puzzles. Like you wouldn't. You would be missing a huge amount. No. Um. But it's just it's just a nice environment. Like the environments are very well thought out, and how you know using the tiny kin is satisfying as well. Um, how do you direct them? The... Do you like do you like walk around with the left stick and then use the right stick to sort of aim a cursor and say right go and do that? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like it'll tell you what it needs to be able to do it. So some of the explodey ones will say I need ten explodey ones on this. You literally right. you just hold, you just sort of look in its rough direction. It auto locks. You can just sort of run around and throw them at it. Like there's no Suicide, no, tiny kin. There's no, this, this is what I mean. There's no real thought process into which of the tiny kin you need. Um, it all just does all that for you. It tells yeah. you what it needs and how many it needs. It's mainly about you going to get the tiny kin that you need to, for it, for that then just to do whatever it needs to do. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to do certain things in order. Right. Like you have to go. Oh, a bit, so it introduces a, I say, complexity. A bit of a curveball in terms because you're just used to just going at things in any way, shape, or form, and you go, "Ah, oh, I need to do X or Y first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 not it's really not a complex puzzle game compared to some of these other kind of indie style games, indie puzzles yeah. that I've played before. They can almost make it where it's like impossible to do without a guide. Yeah, they get so sort of far up the their own arse. The two things they do is make puzzles just ridiculously difficult and obtuse, 
And the other one, which is normally separate or sometimes it's combined, is to make the game really hard. And you're like, well, <laughs> I didn't want either of these things. And you've added you've added potentially both in Tinykin on the opposite end of that scale, which is good. Any anything you didn't like or it seems like a harmless like this is the thing. Some of these some of the games we play and we're like, there's a there's a critical flaw to it, or I was expecting this, I wanted this. With a game like Tinykin, the expectations are pretty much low, so you can just sort of go in and enjoy what it it's going to offer. But was there anything that you thought, well, that could be tightened up on? If they did a second one, I'd like to see them improve on that, or you know, if they patched it, whatever. Anything that that may be on the on the negative side that you want to call out? No, I mean it's you know on the whole, it's a really satisfying game to play. Hmm. Um, you kind of get used to the loop quite quickly i think when it dumps you in first you're kind of used as you say to going where's the enemies where's this what's going on sort of thing and it kind of after the first level i'd say you kind of then go right i'm i'm in the loop of it now i know what you kind of want from me yeah um i think just a little bit more depth from it in a weird kind of way or some some kind of additional challenge in the puzzles i mean i i, I like the simplicity of the puzzles but it, if it, if the game went on any longer, you'd kind of be um, be a bit bored of it, I think, because you find it a bit simplistic. So, I think overall, just a bit more depth to it, mm. and it's it's really hard to criticise it because yeah. it is what it is. But yeah. that'd be the one thing that I'd probably ask from it is just to either deepen that narrative, yeah, or to just deepen the experience a little bit. Lovely. Any other business before? Formalities start to get introduced and structures have to, to be, be honest, to. No, I yeah. mean it, it. really is what it is. It's you know, it's a nice, it's a nice little game. Yeah, it, 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 it's not stressful. No. It's you just kind of get to experience this this little world. Yeah, and solve a few little puzzles and you know go on your merry way. I mean, if you really want to do it, I'm sure you could do it in a shorter time than than I did, which was, I think, just over nine hours I spent on it. So it's yeah. really not a long game, even if you're doing a bit of faffing. Yeah. Um, I I think I basically did everything other than collecting all the pollen bits. And yeah. there's probably a few other bits I could do that I didn't really know about as well. But, um, yeah, it's it's just a nice little game. It's it's not really what I expected in a, in a weird kind of way. I expected something... I think it's because, and I know we haven't... I don't think we've released it yet but the supraland experience i had was kind of a bit of an opposite to this one mm. um so if this comes out first which it probably will that will probably lead into a, an interesting discussion about superland but that's a puzzle based game as well and that wasn't what i expected on the other side of the scale so mm. um yeah it's just interesting it's just an interesting little experience to have lovely well look let's get to this gaming gallery we're outside the door pubs waiting so you can just walk away at this stage and say, look, sorry, sorry, Tinykin, look, I had, a, I had a good time with you for nine hours, but I don't want you up in my wing in the gaming gallery, prestigious gaming gallery, sort of tarnishing it with your short narrative and your, your lack of depth. Or you can say, no, look, Tinykin, I want to put it in there and recognise my enjoyment of this game and give Splash Team a little pat on the back. Are we going to unlock the doors of this gaming gallery or is it... Is it time to walk away? Yeah, I think we will unlock it. Yeah. Well, let's wander in, get to Logan's personal 
wing where all of the games that he has enjoyed over time are displayed beautifully. Where where are you going to plonk old Tinykin in this in this exhibition of yours that you've created? You've got the platinums, you've got the gold, you've got the silvers, and of course the bronzes. Yeah, so big pressure now. I've, yeah, I've toyed with this because I just it, it's a really it's quite a difficult one to allocate mm. because of what it is. Yeah, um, but I think it should go in bronze. Crapped on it. No, well, not, we've had all this before. That's no, not. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I did enjoy my, you know, just over nine hours in it. Yeah, I don't think it's bad to say it doesn't deserve to go in the gallery. No, but it's just not got enough about it. I think to to push it up into the sort of silvers of this world. So I think, as I said, with a bit more depth to it, it could probably have even gone a bit higher. Well, the splash team would be happy with that. It's in the gallery. That's all that matters to them. And if people ever wander around, they'll see that it's sitting there with a lovely little, little bronze recognition from you, so they can, uh, they can take it to the bank. Well, look, we won't labour this particular point, but Tinykin earns itself a bronze recognition from Logan, which now proudly sits in his Dimp Digital Gaming Gallery wing. But there's nothing more for us to say other than thanks for your time, and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.